Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, y'all. I'm Taryn Finley, a senior culture reporter at HuffPost. And this is, I know that's right, a weekly podcast about the latest in culture, entertainment, and trending conversations get ready because y'all already know what this is we're going to a place where mainstream news in the wild west of internet culture collide from the news that makes us say i know that's right to the mess that you know is as dead wrong as joe coy hosting never again (laughs) i'm breaking down the week that was and we have so much to talk about then as always i'll be bringing in a guest for an in-depth conversation this week i'm chatting with my fellow huff poster marina fang and we are talking about the highs and lows of the golden globes and baby the lows were lowing okay (laughs) this is i know that's right i know that's right What a year this has already been. We're only 10 days into 2024, and this year's news has been nothing short of chaotic, child. It's all over the place, and you know we're about to dive into the headlines of the week. It's only right that we start with the news that I'm saying. I know that's right, too. First and foremost, after not so successfully hiding her pregnancy for most of 2023, Hallie Bailey finally revealed that her and her boyfriend DDG recently had a son and his name is Halo. How adorable. The singer shared the photo of the new parents hands holding baby Halo's hand and captioned it, quote, the greatest thing that 2023 could have done for me was bringing my son. And she added that, quote, the world is desperate to know you. and you know what she's not lying she's not lying it wasn't our business but we were all up in her business we were pressed to know if in the year of the little mermaid if in the year of the color purple if Hallie was pregnant and a girl like me is nosy but also you know I'm I'm still a girl's girl so I'm like girl that's your business but also let's see the maternity photos (laughs) But I know it's going to be a while before we see a full picture of Halo. And I truly don't blame her because people can be really weird and cruel, even towards celeb children. I will never let y'all live down how y'all treated Blue Ivy. And I totally respect it, child. If it was me, I would have kept hiding that baby from y'all. Okay, like, mm -mm, we not doing that. But anyway. Anyway, I'm happy to see that she safely delivered and both her and DDG seem really excited for their parenthood journey. Congratulations to them both. And not for nothing, Hallie and Halo, it sounds really cute like that. That name combo really eats. And before I get out of the I know that's right, I do have to give an honorable I know that's right mention to Regina King, who will star as Shirley Chisholm 
the nation's first black woman elected to Congress in the new Netflix film, Shirley. This will be her first film since the tragic passing of her son. And I'm so happy to see her blessing our screens once again. I, 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 I love it. Yay for new life. Yay for healing. Yay for hopefully what's setting the tone for 2024. Period. Okay, the story I'm asking myself is that right about this week, <laughs> y'all, oh my God, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm getting my life a little bit off this story. It might need to do a longer segment on it later on, but there's currently a comedy war brewing and it all started with Cat Williams' three-hour interview on Shannon Sharp's Club Shay Shay podcast. Now, I wouldn't be, I've never listened to an episode of this podcast. I'm only familiar with it from clips that I see on social media until Cat Williams came on and really let the choppers sing. Oh my God, the comedian known for the Boondocks, Friday After Next, and so many other projects fired shots at several of his fellow comedians. And I mean, he was out for blood, y'all, from jump. Let me go ahead and list out, this ain't even a comprehensive list, but I, I just have to list out a few names of who he came at and for what. And if you haven't watched the interview yet, here's a little synopsis. He called Kevin Hart an industry plant. He called Ricky Smiley a liar for saying he was supposed to play William's role of Money Mike in Friday After Next instead of the role of the crackhead Santa. He said Steve Harvey stole the concept from Mark Curry's Hanging with Mr. Cooper for his own show. Cat also said that Cedric the Entertainer stole material from him. I'm not even scratching the surface, y'all. That's not even the full list. Michael Blackson, Earthquake, and Ludacris, who's a rapper, not even a comedian, all got hit in this three-hour interview. Like, Cat came with some real low blows and amazing one-liners that are going to stick with me throughout the year, like this one. You having an unnatural allegiance to losers is not like you. And I'm not going to lie. It's a mess. It is such a mess, but... It's the kind of mess that I'm low-key living for. Following this story has, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's been my guilty pleasure of the week. It really has. If you listen to the interview, you can tell Kat clearly embellishes a lot in the interview and like goes off the deep end where I'm like, ooh, okay, where are we going with this? And he's clearly playing dirty right now. But calling out fellow comedians to step up to the mic instead of punching down is honestly what we need to shake up the older generation of comedians. I mean, we used to look at the folks that he's calling out, a lot of the folks that he's calling out as the kings of comedy, but it seems like many of them have gotten lost with the times instead of changing up their act to be funny by today's standards and not by the late 80s early 90s standards I mean this is a conversation that this is a conversation that we keep having and that keeps going on especially as comedians increasingly become unfunny and problematic my only wish is that Cat went after Dave Chappelle and his transphobic ass stand-up with all of this too but hey a girl can only dream Kevin Hart, Ricky Smiley, Cedric, and a few others have responded to Kat's interview. Ludacris even wrote a diss rap, LOL. And Kat is telling them, Kevin Hart specifically, like, if y'all want to squabble, let's get on the stage and battle it out like real comedians. He even has Kevin Hart's ex-wife, Tori Hart, 
touring with him. She will be joining him for a few dates on his upcoming Dark Matters tour. That is ridiculously petty and I love it. I love a little bit of drama. I love a little bit of entertainment drama, especially because we're not getting this type of beef with rappers. I mean, the rappers who beef these days, they don't take it to the booth. They don't exchange bars. They exchange shootouts. And uh, like, no, like we don't need any of that in 2024. We've lost too many rappers. I'm digressing. But like, this is the kind of beef I love. Cat Williams, my fellow Daytonian, you are not all the way right, but I can't say you're all the way wrong either. I will be watching to see who actually steps up to the mic and who fumbles, child. <laughs> it's a mess, okay? I want to know what y'all have to think about this, though. I, I, I really really do hit me up at underscore tearing it up on socials what chime in what what do you think of this whole back and forth do you think do you think this is good for comedy do you think cat williams is right do you think he's wrong like let me know at underscore tearing it up hit me up and let's keep the conversation going lastly of course the dead wrong of the week Y'all already know this goes to Joe Coy after those weird ass jokes while hosting the Golden Globes on Sunday. Listen, I know it's a hard job. I know you just got the job 10 days prior to hosting, but it really sucked to see how much you missed the mark and how much you just didn't get it. Now, I wasn't crying in my pink like a lot of people said they were, but reducing Barbie to a movie about a doll with big boobs was just so weird. The only thing you had to say about the color purple was comparing it to your asshole and the whole Taylor Swift NFL joke. It it was so weird. She gave you the energy that you deserved. His opening monologue was just really sexist and unfunny and then you have the nerve to throw your writers under the bus for all that there shouldn't have even been a host at the globes this year and actually i have a few more things to say about the day wrong of the week joe coy you are not getting off the hook that easily next up i'll be bringing in senior culture reporter marina fang to discuss the highlights and lowlights of the golden globes and what to expect this award season keep it locked because more i know that's right is coming up 
What salvaged the first big award show of the year were some heartwarming wins, unexpected moments, and some love for the writers after last year's strikes. We're talking about wins, snubs, highlights, lowlights, and everything in between with HuffPost senior culture reporter Marina Fang today. Hey, Marina, how you doing? Hi, Taryn. Thanks for having me. I'm so honored. Oh, girl, I'm so happy to have you on here. There's no one that I want to talk about this show more than with you because, uh, girl, you just get it. You just get it. But before we get into the nitty gritty, <laughs> let's go ahead and dive into your overall rating for the show. What were your general impressions? We'll, we'll get deep a little yeah. bit later, but just I mean, generally. I think your intro summed it up well. I mean, and yeah, the... Joe Coy's monologue and I think overall his performance as a host was not great um but I will say I I think and and we talk about this a lot in terms of award shows that job of host is is pretty hard um there's a reason a lot of people don't want to do it it seems to always sort of take forever for them to find hosts for these shows or, you know, you look at something like the Oscars where they just sort of stick with Jimmy Kimmel because, you know, he's on ABC. So just get him to do the Oscars or Trevor Noah's done the Grammys a couple times. Like they find someone they like, they kind of just stick with that person because, look, it's a thankless job. I, I'm trying to have some sympathy for him. That said, it, those jokes were just not landing with the room and it. Yeah, it, At all. I, I cringed many, many times. There were points where I thought, why are you why are you making this joke? And then segueing into, oh, I love this movie. It was just, it was very bizarre. Marina, when I tell you, like, of course, he let us know that he got the job 10, 10 days, days prior. Yeah. Which, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm trying to have that sympathy too, because right. like that, that really is hard. But the fact that in the same breath of him bombing, he threw the writers under the bus that, yeah, you know, that, that it was just a lot of poor taste decisions. And then of course I, I wasn't familiar with Joe Coy's work before the Golden Globes, but I did know as of Sunday night how much he loves to talk about body parts in very unfunny ways. I mean, yeah. you know, like that whole like, oh, Barbie is a movie about plastic dolls with big right. boobs. I down mean, to, to talk about like, yeah. the, you know, the biggest movie of the year and the only joke you can make about it is about plastic dolls doll boobies is not in great taste yeah and then he did the same thing with the color purple essentially like that one was so cringe uh and i don't know if you saw the the table where the color purple actors were sitting but nobody found that funny and i definitely i definitely didn't especially like you're saying you know these in those two movies in particular you know strong movies with a you know a huge you know a huge female presence and so it was just really unfortunate to see them reduced down to that yeah especially given how much the globes themselves have have been you know really problematic historically and i want to yeah. say that i want to say that joe coy set the tone for sunday but you know the Globes were up for a big task this year after this this rebrand that they tried to do. I mean, they switched up 
a few things on us, including disbanding the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. I'm wondering, in your opinion, how did the show stack up this year in comparison to other years? Yeah, so, right, what you're referring to is that allegedly they're more diverse now. I use allegedly because... That's what they claim. (laughs) Hard to say. Um, Yeah. And allegedly it's more, um, in the past, there had been a lot of criticism and revelations from this big LA Times investigation a couple of years ago where they found that a lot of the people in what was then known as the Hollywood Foreign Press Association were not actually like, you know, film reporters, for example, or people who really worked in entertainment. And again, allegedly, they have now invited a lot more members who actually do write about entertainment or work in entertainment. So, yeah, and I I do think the winners to some degree reflected that, like a lot of the winners felt like they were sort of for better or for worse, kind of rubber stamping the things that, you know, we've all been talking about, the kinds of shows and movies that have been winning awards already and been at the top of everybody's lists, which in some ways feels like, okay, they're trying to kind of rein it in and not do uh, Golden Globes famously for years. Um, I feel like we always sort of knew them as like the fun, weird award show where everybody would get drunk and they would sometimes give out some like, totally random awards to people that no one thought would win or something. And um, there weren't actually a whole, we can get into this in a bit, but there weren't a whole lot of surprises. I'm still trying to figure out whether that's good or bad because, you know, sometimes those awards were really fun when someone totally random would win and we would all be like, what, who, them? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's a, it's, it, it definitely feels like a moment of transition for the Golden Globes and, you know, whatever this new organization, I think they're just called the Golden Globes now. Um, yeah. It's, it's the, the Golden Globes Foundation, which sounds made up, but it's not. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of it is, it's new. So, you know, everything, everything is, is made up in a sense, but we won't get too existential, <laughs> but Let's get into those wins, right? Because not only wins, but also key moments of the night. I mean, of course, Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer dominated the film category. Secession won big. Every time, every time Secession won uh, on Sunday, of course. They played the music. Of course, I was thinking of you, Marina, because I'm like. No, because yeah. I, because you're a big reason why I started uh, watching Secession uh, season two. <laughs> but, you know, and I, I, I especially thought of you when Matthew McFadden won, because I'm like, damn, um, Tom got the last laugh on the show and the actor who played him. Like, so Tom actually is getting the last laugh. How poetic is Truly, that? <laughs> yeah. And I loved his speech where he said, he described Tom Wobbskans as a human grease stain, which was <laughs> yes. just perfect. Um, and noted, he, I, he said something like, I enjoyed every moment of playing the human grease stain that is Tom Wobbskans. And then paused and said, CEO, Tom Wobbskans, to remind us all that, as you, as you, as you just mentioned, he did end up on top at the end of the show. I mean, yeah, you bring up Succession. I mean, of course, 
just happy to see that show get to take, I think, a really well-deserved victory lap um, for that final season. And I assume, you know, we'll probably see that at the Emmys next week, too, because I'd be shocked if they didn't win or, you know, didn't dominate at the Emmys, too. But yeah, I'm, I'm so glad to see all of them. Um, Kieran Culkin won, too, and I felt like he had such a great run, especially this last season. I feel like Roman had a bigger arc. Then, I loved his speech too. Yeah, oh my so God. good, so yeah. good, so very, very him. I thought um, Sarah Snook, who plays Shiv on Succession, also won again. Someone who I felt like, I mean, killed it the whole show, but especially this last season had just, I mean, also kind of got the last word in and that big, you know, the big confrontation at the end of in that those last moments of the finale um so yeah that was really exciting and i i mentioned earlier i i mean every time they won they played the music and it was just like you know i was like dancing in my seat because that you know that theme music is just the best it's a bop it, it is a bop it is I'm, I'm gonna miss it I've, i'm yeah. not gonna lie i'm gonna miss it but I, I i do have to double back on oppenheimer because i i have a confession to make i did not watch this movie i said three hours i would love it's... to i would love to and i i will before the oscars but that's a it's a movie that i just haven't watched. it's a tough sell i mean it's three hours about the guy who invented the atomic bomb so it's it's a lot um i will confess that i i did not care for it <laughs> um i had a hard time with it i admired parts of it but I had a hard time with it, um, but I do get why it's winning, you know, a lot of awards. Uh, it was huge, obviously, in 2023. Um, the fact that, you know, as we said, a movie about the inventor of the atomic bomb made a billion dollars is is pretty remarkable. Um, so, yeah, I get why it's winning. It's a big, epic, you know, historical biopic, the kind of thing that awards bodies love to reward um so Marina, I, <laughs> you know you know where i was barbenheimer opening weekend you know where i was and it was not in that seat right. over there i had my pink on firmly <laughs> sat <laughs> to watch president barbie and them <laughs> so did i actually yeah i did i also did not see oppenheimer barbenheimer weekend i only saw the first part of that Period. Uh, we we gonna get into that too. Yeah. So I I do have to get into beef because it swept in the limited series yeah, category, which was when I watched beef, it captured me. Like I finished it in one sitting. That was something that I was so thankful that it was bingeable and that I didn't have to wait, um, wait to to see, and. I love to see Ali Wong and Steven Yeun's performance yeah. and because it was definitely their performances were definitely some of the best that I've seen this year TV definitely. wise. Yeah. I will say I'm surprised just a bit that David Cho's comments about sexually assaulting yeah. black women seem to get reburied even in the campaigning for award season. Yeah. They've I feel like they've really just kind of moved on from that and kind of swept it under the rug. Um, and I get that, you know, they want to, they rightly, they want to celebrate the show. It's a tremendous show, but 
Yeah. And, and that happens, unfortunately, a lot during award season. It's just like in the name of awards campaigns, we're just going to sweep everything bad under the rug because it's all about, you know, the awards campaign that this like train that, you know, got to make sure these trains run on time. It, it really does feel like, um, you know, it's this kind of industrial complex every year of just every everything, everybody is just invested in trying to get these projects awards. And sometimes that means they often are just cry- trying to craft a certain image about the show or the movie or the person, which then means that a lot of stuff just kind of gets swept under the rug. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's really, it's really unfortunate. Um, I noticed there were a lot of the same shows winning and there was a lot yeah. of repetition. And if you all go to um, HuffPost's live blog of the show and, you know, do a quick recap, uh, I think y'all, you know, you, Aaron and Candace put it perfectly about the dispersion of awards throughout um different shows and movies I I was delighted to see some of my faves like the bear you know get that shine and you know but at the same time it did feel a bit like okay all right right it it felt repetitive and I think that's kind of speaking to what you were saying a little bit earlier about this kind of new chapter of um of the globes yeah it does feel like they're sort of Again, and I love so many of the things that won last night. Um, I put in our live blog that, I mean, you know, we've mentioned some of them already. Succession, The Bear, Beef, they all, they, those are the three shows that dominated on the TV side. I love all of those shows so much. Easily three of the best shows of last year. Yeah. On yeah. the movie side, too, I, as I said, did not care for Oppenheimer, but quite a few of the other things that won, I I really loved, too, but... It also meant that things like, you know, Past Lives, which was my favorite movie of 2023, did not get any awards. Marina, and, when I tell you I was in that theater sobbing and uh, I, I, I kind of threw a fit to not see Past Lives get the praise that it deserves because uh, that is definitely in my top three of 2023. Yeah, I mean, that Greta Lee performance is oh my God. so good. And it's so great to see her. You know, people probably know her from Russian Doll and The Morning Show. And she's someone who's been working so hard over the last, you know, many, many years that she's been in the industry. And it's so great to see her get this leading role and get this spotlight in such a beautiful, exquisite movie. And yeah, I think and I think Past Lives is going to get nominated for stuff. It's going to keep showing up at these award shows. But unfortunately, it looks like it's not really going to win a lot, which it's such a shame because it's such a beautiful, exquisite, one-of-a-kind movie. Um, and yeah, but that's what happens often when you get these movies, you know, if you get big things that dominate, a lot of these other things that get nominated don't win anything. And yeah, I, I would like to see more awards bodies try to kind of spread the wealth. Um, but something tells me that we might start seeing the same things popping up again over and over again as we move through award season girl i i can't say that you are wrong about that um i want to talk about some of your memorable moments what stuck out to you on sunday 
Um, you mentioned earlier the writers' strike and you know the actors' strike. This is probably the first big award show we've had since the strikes ended, and it was nice to see certain people acknowledge that. Um, I think the biggest moment was when um, Daniel Kaluuya, Haley Steinfeld, and Shamake Moore were presenting, and they did this great bit where. They said, okay, we are going to read our dialogue. It was written not by a writer, but by studio executives. And it was, you know, like boring and very awkward. And it, it was, was so just, great. Yeah. Great, great moment. Great. Haley was kid. like, I am relatable. <laughs> right. Or so I think it was like, what's up, Haley? How are you? I think Daniel, Daniel's dialogue was like, what's up, Haley? How are you? Or something. It was just, just as, as wooden. Perfection. And, yeah, but that was a great little moment and a nice nod to, you know, the power of writers and the 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 great wins that they got um, through the strike and just the the momentum that they were able to create through being on strike and showing all of us that, you know, Hollywood Hollywood needs to change and there's a lot of systemic problems that have not been addressed and hopefully will start to be addressed under their new contract. I loved in in the vein of um, presenters, Andre Day and John Batiste, their chemistry was so amazing. I want to see a project featuring those two stat like literally right now like if if someone's not writing that script like tag your girl in because I literally need to see them too you know when they got up there and of course Andra is not able to see the um the teleprompter and she's like oh yeah I was singing at a strip leans in what does that say mall okay got it right cool that them bonding over you know super mario yeah i I could watch that forever i could watch that forever i was like yeah give them like i don't know a sitcom or something like that would be great yeah that was a lot of fun and it's moments like that that made me feel like more and more last night like okay i i don't think we really needed a host right uh yeah yeah, we don't i i don't know i i really don't know opening monologues can be cool they can be fun but the fun really came when you know with the organic moments right actors just getting up on stage and you know doing their thing showing their personality i think like that's really what why I still watch the Globes is because right. I, I think we get to see a bit more of that personality, you know, even the moments of like Selena Gomez coming over to Taylor Swift, like on, on a gossip tip, we don't know what they were talking about. The internet says like, Oh, Kylie didn't want Timothy Chalamet to take a picture with Sel- Selena. We don't know what the hell happened. We well, do we can not guess. Know. And it's fun. And it's fun. And I think that's the fun of it. Yeah. And that's the fun of these shows. And I, I think the Globes was trying to take itself a little too seriously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've always, like I said, they've always been the sort of more fun, loose award show where everyone, you know, they all, they all got like wine at the table and everyone looks kind of drunk and it's great. And yeah. And I think to some degree, 
you, you know, you mentioned the sort of the organic moments. And I feel like all award shows, we remember those moments and not the like, you know, the hosts. I mean, sometimes if the host is really good or if the host bombs, we remember that. But I feel like the the best parts of award shows are always the unscripted things and the things that you can't like plan out in advance. Um, you mentioned, do they even need a host? And I mean, the Globes for a long time didn't have a host. And a lot of award shows, they've sort of gone back and forth between having a host, not having a host. I can see the argument that maybe you need someone to just kind of hold everything together and make things kind of flow. But like, you know, that was obviously not happening last night. And we've seen a lot of other award shows where that's been the case where it's like, I don't know if we needed someone to host. And again, as we said up top, a lot of people don't want that job. So yeah, I, I don't know. The, the, that question is always, that's like a perennial award season question of, you know, do we need hosts? Why, why do we have them? Is it necessary? I have a couple more highlights that, um, that I, that stand out for me from Sunday. And I, I have to shout out Lionel because mm-hmm. I remember yes. watching him, you know, come up like I, I've been an odd future fan and seeing him come up to literally this to accept a golden globe for this show, which he's honestly so amazing. And so good. It, like, it's, it's just such it's that's been one of the more pleasant surprises that I've had from you know folks from that group from Odd Future and their kind of rise a lot of a lot of them have come up and you know done the damn thing I know Taco he's out in Hollywood and um he's been in a few films Lionel just has a such a special place in my heart I, I love to see him thrive and then of course, Lily Gladstone. Oh yeah. my God, made history. Yep. She won Best Actress for Killers of the Flower Moon, and as the first Native actor to win this award, that is just so yeah. amazing. But also, you know, when you think about these firsts, and yep. I, this comes up every every award yeah. cycle where there's a first. Every first, you're like, why? Why, why now? Why did, yeah, why? Did why in 2024? We, right. Why did this take so long? I mean, we know why, but it's still, it's, yeah. Uh, but yeah, she gave a wonderful speech. And for people who haven't seen the movie, which, you know, we're talking about long movies. And it's, it's another one of those movies that's a tough sell. It's three and a half hours long. Um, but I feel like wherever you end up on the movie itself, I feel like everyone can agree that she is just incredible and is, I think, far and away gives like the best performance in that movie, you know, alongside a lot of heavyweights. Um, and she's just, yeah, she's just phenomenal. Um, and I, I, I always, I always, I always want people to know, whenever she comes, whenever her name comes up, I feel like people should know that she's another person like Greta Lee, who's been working for a long, long time, has been doing a lot of great work in mostly smaller indie films. And um, I hope that this awards attention that she's getting very deservedly for this movie will 
allow people to check out some of her some of her other work. Like um, she's on Reservation Dogs. She was in this very little movie called Little in sort of scale. Not to not to say that it's a wonderful movie called Certain Women from twenty all the way back in twenty sixteen. So I hope people check that out. And she's yeah, she's in, she's one of those people who's been working again for a very very long time and. I think people should always remember that whenever someone is getting their sort of, you know, quote unquote, big break, it's because they've worked for a very long time and they've been trying to, you know, break down those barriers and trying to find work in an industry where, you know, it is very hard. And, you know, she referenced that a bit in her speech about how it's been really hard to get work as a native actor and particularly work that, you know, is is meaningful and authentic and representative and being told from, you know, a native perspective. And, you know, Killers of the Flower Moon is still a movie where those questions are still coming up. And I, I think it's a tremendous movie. I really, really admire it. But yeah, I mean, those questions are still there. And it's a movie that I um, I wrote a piece about when it came out about sort of the questions that it raises about framing and who is centered and who gets to tell these stories. And I hope that her win and, you know, the continue, hopefully continued success she has then allows for more Native artists to, you know, actually get to tell their own stories. Another history-making win, but not quite in the same respect and not quite with the same weights. <laughs> The Barbie movie won the new box office achievement award. When I say new, that's not the title. I, I know these these awards have long titles. New is right. not included in the title. New because it's a new award. Right. It's they added the first it this year. Year <laughs> that they've added this award, and it gave very much. I'm leaving here with something. Energy, no. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday night in the live blog. Candace and I had a little discussion about this and yeah, it felt like, okay, I guess we're not giving Barbie any other awards. So we'll give it this one because it did, you know, it was the highest grossing movie of 2023. Um, yeah, it was, it was a weird award and, you know, not to obviously that movie was huge and made a lot of money and was, I think did a lot like in terms of trying to balance, like this is a movie about a toy and this is a movie made by two major corporations, but we're also trying to do something original. I, I, I honestly think Greta Gerwig made the best movie she could given all of those conditions, but still it really, it's hard to square that, you know, the sort of originality of the movie with the fact that it's just, you know, it's a two hour advertisement for a toy on some yeah. level. Yeah, what's really interesting to me is how essentially they decided to add this category now and, and kind of what was different than when the Academy tried to mm, add the, yep. the, uh, the popularity contest uh, category. That's not what it was called, but that's Based, essentially it was, what yeah, it was that's, with that's the Black popular. Panther. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and you know, like Twitter gave them hell. Black Twitter specifically yeah. gave them hell. And they was like, yeah. my bad, y'all. Never mind. Skirt, yeah. skirt, skirt. They but... float, they like <laughs> it was one of the like the quickest walkbacks ever. I mean, they oh like introduce God. it yeah. and then 
very immediately we're like, all right, we're not doing that. Clearly none of you liked it. We're like, yeah, obviously it was, but yeah, this felt like, yeah, I was honestly surprised they even did this given what you just said, which is that the Oscars tried it and it went disastrously. Yeah. And this is a weird year to add it because obviously, as we've been saying, Barbie and Oppenheimer did really well and also were critically acclaimed. And, you know, usually they, I feel like people want this kind of award because they see this gap between the movies that make money and the movies that do well in terms of awards and acclaim. But, you know, this year we didn't have that issue because Barbie and Oppenheimer did both of those things. Um, I also wonder, one of the nominees in this category was Taylor Swift's um, Ears Tour film. And I, I cynically, I wonder, was it also a way to nominate her so that she would show up? I mean, you know, friend, nothing is by accident. That's, yep. that's, that's what I'm understanding about how a lot of uh, folks are, are nominated. Um, let's, let's get into some snubs. Who did you want to see win that didn't? Um, I mentioned past lives is my favorite movie of the year or of last year, I guess. Um, and I mean, I wasn't expecting it, unfortunately to win anything because there's some pretty stiff competition in a lot of these categories, but still, I, I, I just adore that movie. I think it is just so exquisite and one of a kind. And I really, yeah, I, it's been, it's been sad. It's one, it has won a lot of the sort of critics awards and, you know, it's not that it's getting shut out completely, but it seems like as we head into these bigger awards leading up to the Oscars, it looks like it's not, maybe not going to fare as well. And I just, I, I hope people don't, I don't think people will forget about it. I think everyone who has seen it, I haven't heard anyone say they didn't like it, but I just, I would love for it to be winning more things and for Celine Song and Greta Lee to be getting their, their flowers. Cause they, they so deserve that. Give them their things is what Marina yeah. is saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, For me, I, um, I don't think I expected the color purple to walk away with nothing. It's such a classic work. And I think I think Blitz did a great job trying to merge all three pieces together yeah. into one film. I don't think that it translated for me as a viewer as well as I wanted it to, um, especially in the first half. I, I think the pacing for me was a bit off, but it was really the performances yes. that sold yeah. it for me. I love to see, you know... Um, Divine, Divine Joy Randolph um, walk away with uh, Best Supporting Actress Award for um, the Holdovers. I, I, I have to say, she's another person. I mean, we keep talking about people who have been working for a long time and she has. finally getting their due. And she's another one who, I mean, I feel like I I had some mixed feelings about the Holdovers. Um, I'm, I, I think she's great in it. I'm glad to see her win, but in my head, I'm sort of pretending this is for like Dolomite is my name or High Fidelity or like that. And, felt- and you know, that's kind of OK. That's kind of what it felt like yeah. to me. And I, I do love Divine. I, I absolutely do. And I think her work is stellar. And she was my, like literally 
the best thing of high fidelity yes. for me. I hate it when that, sh- that show was canceled because especially that. because they teased that we were supposed to get more into her character's yes. arc for season two. Like that is still just mad. one thing that still I'm still really mad about that show. Pissed about. But, but like you make a good point of, it feels like a lot of times these organizations give awards to especially actors of color after they've kind of already realized like damn we missed the boat on that like right you know and not to say and not to say because i know some of y'all are raggedy and gonna think that we're saying that she doesn't deserve it because she absolutely does totally she absolutely does it was just really interesting to me to to see daniel brooks not get it because i know like what i felt watching that um but again, congratulations to Divine Girl. Like you, the shit, and you honestly are the only reason that I'm about to watch the holdovers because, uh, you know, I, I go into award season. I'm like some of this shit. I'm just not gonna watch and some of this stuff. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, all right, maybe, maybe. But in that same realm, okay, Marina, please tell me, convince me. Should I watch? Poor things because I was really going for Fantasia to get that award. So, so please convince me. Should I watch Poor Things? Emma Stone. I, won, I think you uh, should. Okay. Poor Things is um, it's hard to describe what the movie is about because it's kind of weird to be honest. Um, but I think Emma Stone is like feels like a new level for her because the technical difficulty of that performance is so impressive and that she managed to pull it off is I think a reason to see the movie. Um, But yes, it is weird. I agree with you that Fantasia was incredible in color purple. Um, Yeah. And it's, it's a little, it's a little strange that that movie's been getting kind of middling reception from a lot of these awards. I mean, I shouldn't say strange because again, we know why. We know why. We know why. why. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I want to put us in reverse and look at the grand scheme of things really quickly because Marina, I want to know what the Globes can keep as in keep that far away from my television <laughs> next year what can stay and where can they do better i mean you know we mentioned the popular film or sorry box office achievement i think that's what they're <laughs> calling it the popularity contest yeah. you had it right <laughs> i don't know i don't know I, I i don't know about that um i wonder if they'll keep it next year or decide to get rid of it because yeah, it just it's just a weird award to give. I think some people would say I actually remember seeing on Twitter people posting the like Don Draper meme of like that's what the money is for because yep. <laughs> truly that is what the money is for. These movies made a lot of money. That is their achievement. I don't necessarily think we need to give them awards for that, especially when you have movies like Barbie and Oppenheimer which are winning awards for that. Um so yeah, I wonder about the fate of that award because it did feel a little bit out of place yeah i mean and the host question i feel like every year we will return to this question of does x award show need a host and i think we're yeah we'll definitely have that debate again next year i'm sure 
Mm-hmm. And then what can stay? What was what? What, what do you feel stay? like was was just superb? What was Bee's knees for you? I think the show is still as weird and fun and loose as we remember them. Maybe maybe not as much, given the sort of, I guess, conventional nature of who actually won. But as you said, I we had a lot of fun moments. Had a lot of great speeches as always. Um, and those are the things that kind of sustain these shows. I mean, this is why we watch these shows. This is why we tune into live TV because we want these organic, unplanned, spontaneous things to happen. And so I think as long as award shows keep doing that, I mean, I also watch, I mean, I love award shows. I watch, I've watched, I've been watching all of them since I was a kid. And it's part of why I do this job, honestly, is I love award season, even though there's a lot of, you got to take the good with the bad with award yeah. season, but, and there's quite a lot of bad, um, and yeah. a lot of, a lot of, lot of things that make me cynical about <laughs> Hollywood, but I still love award season somehow. Girl, it's, it's really love. Hey, I'm going to retweet everything you said and also add that. I don't know which was longer the walk from their seats as the celebrities went oh up to get their awards or the name of these damn categories. But that, that is something that they can keep for me. Oh my like, God. Yeah. Like, let, like let's, let's, let's wrap it up. Let's keep shit succinct and keep shit moving because it's, it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, poor Ali Wong was, wa- I, she must've been like somewhere in the back for some reason. I don't know why they put Ali Wong in the back that she does not deserve that. But I was just like, why? What? I, I, I was sort of list like half listening and half, you know, typing for the live blog. And I was like, wait, why hasn't her speech started yet? And I looked up and she was still walking, still walking, rubber seat, still walking. Stage. Globes are over. What does this say for the Emmys next week in the Oscars, which is coming up soon, child? I don't know that date, but soon. in March, I believe. In March, yeah, wow. it's still a while for the Oscars. This yeah. is the beginning of the kind of long slog that is movie award season. But yeah, I mean, this year is unusual because because of the strikes, the Emmys were pushed back, and now we have the Emmys in. On Martin Luther King Day of all days, which of all days, um, but yeah, we have the Emmys in the middle of all of these movie awards, um, which is interesting. I, I mean, I again, I'd be shocked if Succession didn't dominate. Um, I'd be shocked if The Bear didn't dominate. Um, I suspect we'll, yeah, we'll be seeing a lot of the same shows pop up again, which you know, I'm not mad about, as we said. I think, you know, these shows are great and they deserve to to get their awards. But yeah, that's that's definitely what I'm expecting at the Emmys. Um, in terms of the Oscars, I mean, I think a lot of the movies that we saw will again pop up, but we also have a couple months, so things could change. Yeah, yeah. These uh, these voting bodies are so predictable. I I I yeah. can't I, I can't call too much of a change, but hopefully hopefully we do see past lives. Hopefully we do see actors from I hope the so. color purple. Hopefully we see some of these you know some of these more overlooked, yeah, but also kind of recognized shows and in and films get there. Just to, uh, we can, we can only pray. Oh, justice for Abbott Elementary. Yes. 
Marina, I appreciate you so much. But before we go, I have two things for you. First, let us know what is keeping you sane. What is getting you through the week that is this long ass year already? Oh my halfway gosh. through January. But like, is there a pop culture staple or even a niche culture staple that, that you're really leaning on? This is not a pop culture thing, but I have to say the holidays and even into the new year, I've been reconnecting with a lot of people, you know, old friends and just that has been really sustaining me, which is nice. I've just, it's been able, I've been able to just remind myself that I have this rich tapestry of people in my life. And it's been nice to just kind of, you know, catch up with people and yeah, it's, it's nice. And it's a lot of, it's just like people from various parts of my life, various phases of my life. And it's been nice to like reconnect with them. And I realize I don't have to do this just as the holidays. Like I can, I can do this all year round. So yeah, if you, you know, for anyone out there, like, you know, if you, there's someone you haven't talked to in a while, you should drop them a line, see how they're doing. And yeah, so I'm trying to kind of sustain that energy as we get into the the thick of 2024. I love that, especially because this year is going to be a doozy. And I think Oof, we all yeah. could um, benefit from being a little less online. So I, I, I love that yeah, so much. For sure. And then last thing, what is one thing that you know is right? One thing I know is right. Well, I have to say you've been killing it on the podcast. I'm really proud of you for for getting to relaunch this. I mean, you've done a lot of podcasting before and you've always just had such a such a real gift for this. So, I'm so happy that, you know, you're doing it and you've had such a great run at the show so far. So, that's that's my answer to that. Marina, please do not make me cry because I Aww. I was not expecting that. I appreciate you so, 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 so much. You have just such a gifted, analytical, sharp eye for pop culture, for culture. I, I love so much that we get to work together and I get to call you a colleague. Um, I, I appreciate Likewise. you. For, yeah, I appreciate you for being on the show, girl. Thanks for having me. Like I said, it's an honor. I really, it's an honor to be on it with you and you're, you're great. You're killing it. Okay, okay. We got to cut before I really cry. <laughs> I'm about to bust out in tears. <laughs> All right, that's the show, y'all. Huge thank you to Marina Fang for your wisdom, kind words, and just for being an overall TV movie savant, okay? And thank you all for listening. As always, I want to know what y'all want to hear on the show. So if there's a topic or story or just a random niche musing you want me to explore, hit me up at underscore tearing it up. Don't be shy. This show is produced by ACAST and recorded in Brooklyn. Until next time, see y'all.